0: Hello, I'm glad you're joining us online today. Many bold men have operated on the world stage of history throughout history. Napoleon, for example, was bold but arrogant, and it is widely understood that his pride and ambition led to his downfall. He he went after Russia and lost his quest for world domination. Pride makes you over-inflate your abilities to the point that you don't make good decisions and our choices stack up to come against us or help us make progress in life. Steve Jobs is a modern example of a very creative and capable man who was an outside-of-the-box thinker, to say the least. Yet he was fired from... As the CEO of Apple, the company that he created, because of his pride. Pride makes you difficult to work with and relate to. And on the other hand, humility allows you to work with people over a long period of time and keep the relationships intact and actually enjoy them. All of us, though, have a native tendency toward pride. We need help to get past ourselves to relate rightly to others Napoleon jobs uh, Napoleon and jobs were they're just examples of where I might be if I had their level of power and success we need someone to help us turn away from pride and choose humility and Jesus wants to help he's the greatest of all time And he wants to teach us how to blend humility and boldness together. Yes, Jesus was perfect while he walked on this earth. And he's still perfect, of course. But he understands because he was tempted in every way that we are and suffered the temptations that we do. Even more intensely than we do, he empathizes with us. He, He sympathizes. He understands. And because he was tempted just like we are, he can help those who are being tempted because he knows how that is. And Matt talked about this in the first message of the series. But today I want to show you how Jesus is the perfect blend of boldness and humility And he knows how to mix these things together perfectly, and he wants to help us do that. In the book of Revelation, Jesus is called the Lion of Judah. And we have a saying, when someone's bold, that they're as bold as a lion. That's probably where this comes from. Uh, But Jesus is bold like a lion, yes, incredibly strong but mixes his boldness and strength together perfectly with patience and humility. You see this in the arrest that ended in his crucifixion. The arrest would have been a tense situation for Jesus and his disciples. John 18.3 says that a band of soldiers were dispatched to arrest him. And in, in my mind, a band of soldiers is like a ragtag bunch of Soldiers that are put together. But the word in the Greek that is used for band is referring to a Roman cohort of 600 trained soldiers. Even half that bunch would have been enough to rest one man. I mean, that would have been overkill. And and literally... Um, they must have been really concerned about what might happen. One reason for their concern, it was well-founded, was that his power had been displayed in a few situations, and it shows up here. John 18, four through 6 says, Then Jesus, knowing all that would happen to him, came forward and said to them, Whom do you seek? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said to them, I am he. Judas, who betrayed him, was standing with them. When Jesus said to them, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. Now, these are powerful words that literally blew back the soldiers and others who came to arrest Jesus and caused them to fall to the ground. Now, let me explain why this happened. Jesus didn't just say, I am he, as in, I'm the one you're looking for. He said, actually, I am. When God commanded Moses to lead the Israelites out of slavery uh, in Egypt, Moses wanted to know who he should tell the Israelites that, that... Who's the one that sent me? What what should I tell them? How should I explain this? God said to tell them, I am has sent you. Jesus used the same phrase here. I am. And not by accident. He was making a powerful statement that literally blew them away. John's gospel was particularly concerned with showing that Jesus is God. Those who are trying to understand who Jesus was would see the boldness of Jesus' statement. And there is no mistaking that Jesus is saying, I am God here. And his statement was accompanied with power. This is a bold statement to make, but Jesus made it humbly. And you see this in his submission. John 18.10 says, then Peter, having a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. Now, Peter wants to start a battle. He's, he's ready for a fight at any given time. This makes sense as you get to know Simon Peter through the Gospels. This is exactly what the authorities were afraid of. When they came to arrest Jesus, they were afraid that they were going to get into a battle. And so that's why the overdone show of force. Now it's interesting, Luke, the Gospel of Luke, tells us that Jesus healed Malchus' ear. The only gospel that that gives us that information, which makes sense because Luke was a doctor. After healing Malchus, Jesus makes a statement of submission to God's will. John 18.11 So Jesus said to Peter, Put your sword into its sheath. Shall I not drink the cup that the Father has given me? This is a statement of submission and humility. Drop your weapons because I am here to humbly submit to the will of God even when his will involves dying a horrible death on the cross to pay for people's sin. He chose self-control at the lowest time of his life, even when he had the power to blow them all away. And he wants to help us with this as well. He wants to help us, and he wants to show us How to grow in boldness and humility. There are two extremes when challenged. We either tend to power up or shrink back. And depending on your native response, you might need to dial it down or dial it up. Our our response, whatever it is, starts in the heart. Jesus wants to change our heart. And when we accept him, the seed is planted that allows us to grow and change over time. The Holy Spirit comes into our lives, and he is the one who grows the fruit of self-control in us. But we must learn to cooperate with him in order to understand the right blend of boldness and humility. So to do that, the first thing we need to do is accept Jesus' invitation to work with him. Matthew eleven twenty nine. Take my yoke upon you, Jesus says, and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Jesus describes himself as gentle and lowly in heart. The word gentle is often translated in Scripture as meek. And meekness is not weakness. It is possessing great power, but using that power for the good of others. That's what Jesus did. That's what Jesus leads us to do. When we are meek, we could hurt, but instead we help. We choose to help because Jesus is leading us to do that. The word lowly in this passage, it, it means to be humble, to show deference to others in attitude and action in our relationships. Jesus invites you and I here to take his yoke upon you. He, he That's what he's, he's inviting us to do, take up his yoke. In Jesus' day, farmers... Trained young oxen to plow by partnering with them, uh, partnering them with stronger and more mature oxen. And, and what Jesus is saying here then is he's inviting you and I to partner with him as he teaches us to blend boldness and humility in our lives. He's telling us to stop trying to be in control of our lives. (laughs) And the outcomes in our lives. And trust him. If you yoke yourself to me, he says, I will give you what you need to do the work I've given you to do. And to grow to approach it in the way that I want you to approach it. In raising our kids, he, he helps with the right boldness and humility working on the job, doing the ministry you're assigned, working through conflict. Whatever it is you need or are dealing with, Jesus wants to help with blending boldness and humility. This is what Jesus is saying. Yoke yourself to me and let me grow you. Let me help you. My, my problem, though, is that I, I'm... a I've obviously decided to follow Christ, but I unyoke myself from Him often. And I start trying to handle things on my own. And this plays out in several ways. I get irritated with people around me. Even when my kids were growing up, even the kids that I love dearly, I would get irritated on your own. You might blow up in anger or passively resent what the kids are doing. But Jesus will teach us how to mix a better blend of boldness and humility. Either dial it up or dial it down. He, he guides us. He helps. He, he's planted his spirit in us to guide us. If you're a Christ follower, you're commanded to share your faith. And this opens uh, you up to ridicule, and especially in today's environment. Jesus can guide you toward sharing your faith with appropriate boldness and humility. Natively, you might tend toward people-pleasing instead of God-pleasing. When someone is being gossiped about, For instance, you know, you might listen to you might be tempted to listen to it and not speak up to defend them or or just not listen to it at all. Jesus wants to help you blend boldness and humility in all these kinds of situations. Jesus will help. If we stay yoked to him, he will help you. As you grow in your partnership with the Lord. Here's an amazing promise in 2 Peter 1, 3-4 that we can claim. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who has called us to his own glory and excellence by which he has granted us, granted to us his precious and great promises so that you... Through them, you might become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. That is an amazing promise, that we may become partakers of the divine nature. Partnering up with Jesus is the way he shares the divine nature with us, getting yoked to him and letting him train us and teach us. It, it, he, this is how he helps us learn to blend better boldness and humility. He does this in two ways. First, he leads us to love God and obey his word. This is what Jesus was doing in submitting to obey the will of God, the will of the Father, even when it led to his sacrifice on the cross. John fourteen twenty one says, Whoever has my commands and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. So this is how Jesus shows himself to us. We do the will of God. We often don't want to obey, though. So we must surrender to the Lord and make the choice to partner with Him against our native tendencies of pride and arrogance. We're also given the Spirit to help us. And I've mentioned this a couple times. We partner by learning to walk by the Spirit. (laughs) Like Peter, who was... Ready for a fight? When Jesus was being arrested, we don't have the native reflexes that please God. So we're commanded to partner with the Holy Spirit and walk by the Spirit, not by our flesh, our native tendencies. Galatians five sixteen and seventeen says, "But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify." The desires of the flesh, where the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. There, there is a full on raging battle inside of us and we must make a choice. Are we going to go with the flesh or are we going to go with the spirit? The choice is ours. And we grow in our partnership with the Lord as we keep walking by the Spirit and choose to grow our partnership with the Lord. That's that's how it works. Galatians 5.25 says, If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Our problem is that we're constantly getting out of step with the Holy Spirit. At least I am. I mean, I, I'm and I'm sure you are too. That's what we find in Scripture. That's why this passage was written to to not to walk by the Spirit and not by the flesh. I pray almost daily, Lord, show me where I'm out of step with you and help me get back into step. That's how we grow in our partnership with the Lord. God through his word, and through the Spirit, shows me when I'm out of step, and I have a choice at that point, I can choose to get back in step. This is how we grow in our partnership with the Lord. It's an amazing thing that we have the privilege of walking by the Spirit. In this way, Jesus teaches us And trains us toward the perfect blend of boldness and humility. We won't get there in this life. But this is how we move toward it. He was the perfect blend. And since he was tempted in every way as we are, he wants to help us. He sympathizes with us. He understands what we're going through. He is gracious and humble. It's an amazing privilege we have to walk with the Lord Jesus Christ through life and have him teach us in a partnership with his spirit how to blend boldness and humility. I want to encourage you to think through what God has said to you this morning, and I don't have a specific step for you to take, but my next step today is to... And I've left that blank. Fill in the blank to remind yourself to grow in your partnership with the Lord and take his yoke upon you. He will give you rest. He will help you figure out how to blend humility and boldness together more perfectly. We won't be perfect, but it's better than we were and a little better every day as you walk with the Lord Jesus. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you so much for the privilege that you've given us to share in the divine nature. And I pray God that you would help us to grow in our partnership with you, help us to blend uh, perfectly boldness and humility and that means we should either dial it down or dial it up at times. And I pray that you'd guide us, help us, strengthen us to do your will and to do your purpose. Give us the courage to do your will as we as we face different situations where we're tempted to, to bail out and not do your will. Give us the strength. We praise you, God, for all that you are and for all that you do in our lives and all that you've done. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen.